Welcome to another inspirational podcast at Real Life Church. For more great content and updates, visit reallifechurchkc.com. Good morning, Real Life Church. Thank you so much for being with us. Happy Red Sunday. Please invite you guys to stand to your feet, whether you're online or here in person, and worship with us today.
this morning. Are you excited to be here? Hey, we love worshiping God together with you guys as we give him praise back together with one voice this morning. God is for you this morning. He loves you. He's chasing you. He's pursuing you. Let's lean into that as we sing this next song together.
so thankful for your love. God, love that never leaves us behind. As we continue in the worship, Lord, we just invite you into this place, into this presence, into your presence, God, into this room. Just be with us today.
has made us enough. There we go. I hope you heard me because I was dropping some gold. But seriously, just kidding. But seriously, it's all because of him this morning. I invite you, church, right now to just make that door back there, make that a buffer. And I want on the other side and the hub and in the parking lot, I want that to be the place where you just leave all the baggage, all the worry, all the stress, all the doubt, all the things that just might interfere with who God is and what God wants for your life. And then from that door into here, I just want you to focus on him this morning, to lean in this morning to the message, to follow along and just to be open today open for a word from God. He has you here on purpose today. And I know there's some exciting things coming this afternoon, but I just want to encourage you, just leave that out there also. And let's get hype. Let's get excited. And let's just put our focus on Jesus Christ this morning. Are you ready to do that, Real Life Church? Come on, because we've we've been led in worship this morning, and we're going to hear an amazing word. And I'm just so excited for what God has planned for us. Let me share with you a quick word from the Bible. It's going to be up here on the screen. It's found in the book of James, and it says this. Submit yourselves then to God. Resist the devil, and he will flee from you. Draw near to God, and he will draw near to you. Let's just give it up big for God this morning. Come on, Real Life Church. Let's keep it going. Let's start the excitement of today right now as we just lay it all at his feet. I want to welcome you to Real Life Church. It is our honor to have you here. Even people like my buddy Josh Anderson. Josh, will you you wave that thing you call a flag? Wave it proudly. You deserve it. Come on. Give it up for our Bengals fan. Come on. Hey, give it up for our Bengals fan. Hey, I'm going to speak some truth, though. This guy's not Fairweather. He's been a Bengals fan for a long time. We've been spoiled these last few years. We remember how it feels to have that play out off drought. I'm going to tell you this. I talked to him this morning. It's all good Chiefs fans. Best scenario, we win and go to the Super Bowl. If for some reason that doesn't happen, our Bengals fan Josh here, he promised he's going to bring the coffee and donuts next week. So give it up for Josh. Either way, come on, brother. Thanks for agreeing to do that. We love everyone at Real Life Church, even even fans of the other teams. Hey, you know what? If you are brand new at Real Life Church and you are online, we want to welcome you right now. Can we give it up big for Real Life Church online? I want you to click the link that you'll be seeing there in a moment. And if you're brand new in the room, you are honored and special guest, and we just love having you here. Turn to someone, give a greeting however you feel comfortable, make someone around you feel welcome, and then have a seat. Even the Bengals fan. Even the Bengals fan will make him feel welcome. We love you, Josh. We love you, brother. If you are brand new with us today, I want to invite you to get your phone out and text RL New to 97,000. You see, we have an awesome team behind the scenes called the Connection Team, the Follow Up Crew, and it's their passion. Like, they love when those names come in, just connecting with people. And when I say connecting, it's completely digitally. No one from Real Life Church ever shows up at your door unannounced. We just want to reach out to you, though, digitally. Just check in on you, man. Get to know you a little bit. Answer those questions you might have about Real Life Church and see how can we be praying for you this week. So if you've never done that before, connect with us today. If you're brand new in the room and you've done that, but you never stopped by our new here booth, I'd love to invite you to do that as well. You see, we have a small gift for you. It's just our way of saying thanks again for being here with us at Real Life Church.
So what are we all about here at Real Life Church? What's our mission? Well, our mission is pretty simple and straightforward and life-giving. You see, we exist to see people far from God discover their real life and purpose in Jesus. And you don't even have to be far from God. You might just be between churches. You're not sure where God has called you to plant some roots. I just want to encourage you today that we exist for you. We're just so excited that you checked out Real Life Church and whatever your journey is, we just want to be a part of it. Some ways you could get on mission with us at Real Life Church, you can find any one of us that's been on stage today or anybody with a name tag. We would love to tell you all about the dream team, that body of believers that just puts all of this together on Sunday mornings and just cares for people in our community. You might not be ready for that step yet, and that's okay. One thing I would just encourage you to do that you can already be on mission with us is just to invite someone out. Just invite someone that means the world to you, someone you care about, just to come get a word of hope from the Word of God. I just encourage you to do that. Be praying on that this week. If you've been with us for a few weeks, I'd also encourage you, keep that ball rolling. Keep that ball rolling. Don't, don't get out of the habit, because I promise you, God has you here for some reason, on purpose, for a purpose. Doesn't mean, doesn't have to be something huge, but he's got you here for something. And we would just love to pour into your lives. Hope you'll think about that and pray about that. All right, gang, well, we got some more, some more worship going today. We're gonna learn a lot today, but I also know that we're excited because it's Red Sunday. Who's excited for what's coming up? Man, who's still feeling the uh, elevated heart rates from last week? I tell you what, man, that was pretty wild. I, I wonder if there was more praying happening at Arrowhead Stadium and all of us watching at home than maybe every church gathering in the nation last week. We, we were kind of wondering a little bit there, but you know, whatever happens, it's an exciting time to be in Kansas City. And it's also an exciting week to wrap up our, our first message series of the year, hashtag 2022. And we've been talking about getting our mind right as we start this new year. We've been talking about laying that foundation just to see what God can do through us this year. Well, Sean's gonna wrap that up in a really unique, really timely way today. As we look at some life lessons learned from those last 13 seconds of last week. Give it up for our own Big Red. I mean big, because he's, he's getting pretty swole up here, if I do say so myself. Can I say that? Can I call my pastor swole? Give it up for Sean Petrie. Let's go! Come on! Dude, how about those Chiefs? Come on. Uh, is your voice still hurting from last Sunday, anybody like that, screaming the television or at the game? Oh, man, I had COVID last week, and uh, Dime was filming me every play last two minutes, and uh, I tell you what, it was getting a little crazy in there. So uh, thanks for being in the house today, especially if you're new, maybe come back the last few times. And uh, I say thank you for being here. Uh, I just believe God has you here on purpose, and uh, he's going to make a difference in your life. And so give it up for everybody's new day. Come on, let them know you love them. Come on. Well, I have something very special, a very significant announcement, a very exciting announcement. Uh, because you guys' generosity and what you guys have done here and the church has been growing, you guys have been inviting people, uh, we get to bring somebody new, not just on our dream team, but onto our staff today. And so I'm very excited to introduce this person. Uh, will you guys give it up for Brian Hoover? Come on, stand for Brian. Let them know you love him. 
This is his better half, Mandy. Come on, stand up, Mandy. Get from Mandy. Come on. So keep standing. So uh, I love these guys. I've known uh, them for a very, very long time. And uh, Brian just has a heart for people and just a very, very just gifted and passionate evangelist. And he just loves, loves getting in with people and uh, just serving God. And so uh, he is a veteran in ministry, veteran in church, and just uh, been incredible. Uh, God just kind of brought him our way. Um, he's been searching for a job for a while. We're like, dude, we, we don't, we're not ready yet. And then, uh, man, you guys just blew out the budget last year. It was incredible. And said, man, come on the team. And God let him here as our next steps pastor. So he's going to step over connection, step over hospitality, just really help everybody get connected. And so uh, get to know Brian, uh, him and his wife. They have five kids. Come on, somebody. Um, which brings our staff total of kids on our staff team to 22. And so I think our staff team took it real serious. Holly's over there. <laughs> Another set of twins coming. There you go. Um, so you wished it happened today. Oh, man. But they took it seriously, man, being fruitful and multiplying. So we're going to grow this church one way or another. So give for Brian and Mandy. Come on. Let them know you love them. Come on. Real life welcome. Thanks, guys. Well, we're going to jump in. We're going to start with some memes. And uh, I'll tell you what, um, there are so many memes from last week. And this one is necessarily the Chiefs meme, but I just thought it was so good. Uh, just check this out. This is a long story, this meme. But here you go. You got Peyton, you get Eli Manning saving seat for Tom Brady. Come on, somebody. <laughs> Scott Jermaine's like, don't be bagging on my boy, dude. That's the GOAT. I know he's the GOAT. You know, that's why I pick on him. I heard he may be retiring. It's kind of a rumor, but we'll see what happens. Uh, he'll probably just play forever. He's just a big old beard and everything. But. Uh, I tried to find a meme about 13 seconds, but I couldn't find anyone that was appropriate to share at church. Uh, so we're going to go ahead and just <laughs> leave that be where it's at. Um, but this is my favorite meme that came out. As a matter of fact, Jared texted me this as well. Um, you'll see this. Uh, put this one up here. Yeah, so any special advice for Patrick Mahomes, you know, if it's grim, come on, somebody. Be the grim reaper. Man, I love that. It's like just, just steal the enemy's joy. Like, it's not over yet. Just get back in the game, man. Don't lose heart. Just go after it. I was like, man, this, this is going to be in the message. You know what I'm saying? This is going to be good. And so I, I loved hearing that. Just loved the passion for that. Now, some of you guys are some football, not just fans, but fanatics. Any football fanatics in the house? Come on. Where are you at? Where's my football fanatics? Come on. You got one. Where's my other football fanatics? Come on. None of y'all are all Fairweather fans. Okay, it's cool. I saw a hand somewhere. I've got a couple people I know that are fanatics, okay? And you're going to know who I'm going to talk about. Number one is Tony McBrown. Where's Tony? Stand up. Where are you at, Tony? Tony, he's in, the, he's in the back. He's cheering it up. <laughs> he doesn't point to himself. He points to number 15, my man, my home, the 13-second man. All right. If you ever meet Tony, you say, man, he, he always dresses in Chiefs every week. You guys know that, right? And he always introduces himself, hey, I, I'm Tony. I, I'm not a fan. I'm a fanatic. All right? He's all in. And uh, do you get your tattoo already? Oh, yeah. He's ready. He's already got tattooed on. The Chiefs are going to go all the way to Super Bowl champion. He's got all tattooed up. It's amazing. So, Tony, we love you, man. Thanks for being a Chiefs fanatic. Come on, give for Tony one more time. All right, the other fanatics in the house, you already recognized. Um, he's hard to miss. He's the man with the flag over here. He's supposed to be on security today, but he said, no, 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 I got something way more important to do. <laughs> he goes, I'm going to represent. It's been a drought, a little bit of a drought for you. So stand up, Josh. Just, just Josh Anderson. And uh, come on, give it for it. <laughs> Dude's like coming out of the tunnel, isn't it? <laughs> Boo. No, what I love about him is his passion. This guy has talked so much smack this last week. If you're friends with him on social media, it is hilarious. And so I would love to have sat down with a game with you if Barry would have bought those tickets. And I would have loved to watch either way. It would have been phenomenal. But he posted something yesterday. He said, you saw it from me first. Well, you're going to see it from us second. So I'm going to put this up here. Here's his boy, Joey Burrow, right here. Check it out. He's a Chiefs fan from the beginning. So just let you know. And uh, we'll donate to the charity later for you. But we love you, man. So give it up for Josh. Come on, man. 
there was years in the Chiefs season where I was like, they're going to find a way to lose. You know what I'm saying? Back in the day, it was like, oh, man, 35 to point lead on Manning and, and you still lose. You're like, what is going on? So I feel your pain, but I'm glad you're back. So I'm glad you're in it. So, uh, well, how many people would say today, you know, you're maybe not a fanatic. You're like, hey, on the other side of the coin, it's just football. It's just a game. It's just a sport. It's just whatever. Come on. And be like, this is your moment to be like a not a sports person. Come on right now. Where you at? Come on. Just a football game. Come on. <laughs> There's a few of you, right? There was no cheering. I was going to mark it down. There were all football fanatics and fans, but you guys rose your hands, so we're going to take that back. I got no, they're, all, they're coming out of the woodwork now. They're all stand up. I'm just not a Chiefs guy. I'm not a football guy. It's so cool. Either way, if you're a fanatic, you're not a fanatic, um, there is so much you can learn. There's so many life-changing principles you can find in sports. Even last week was so incredible. And so today, we're going to dive into some principles. And uh, we're going to just finish up this series, hashtag 2022. What's it look like when you look back at this year? Like, what made 2022 a breakout year? You're scrolling through your posts. You're scrolling through all the different comments. You're scrolling through uh, your photo. You look at the reel. Uh, what is it that made this year so special when you look back at it? And I believe today is going to be something very special for your life. And we've looked at winning the war in your mind. We've talked about breaking bad, breaking bad habits in your life. Barry just did an incredible job preaching last week about laying a foundation, not on the sand, but on the rock of Jesus. And so today we're going to dive into a principle you can see from last week from the game, uh, something I believe is very underrated, uh, undervalued, but so important for you as a leader and for a person that's following after God. We're going to talk about having the attitude of a champion. Come on, somebody. A championship attitude. An attitude changes everything. Matter of fact, attitudes like altitude is going to take you up or take you down. Your attitude, your disposition, it's uh, the, your perception, it's, it's how you see things. It's your normal go-to mindset. And if uh, you're like me when I was growing up, my mom, she had a, a, a very nice saying for us that she used to uh, implement. It was called an attitude adjustment. Come on, somebody. You know what I'm talking about, right? You can go pick some weeds in the garden. You're going to go time out, whatever it's going to be. Um, or we got older teenagers, man, you go back to bed and get up on the other side. Come on, just get out. Change your attitude. Does, you know anybody needs an attitude adjustment right now? Not a good time to point. Come on, somebody. If you can't think of anybody, it's probably you. Come on. But your attitude changes everything. And so today we're going to talk about three types of attitude. Three attitudes you can find all throughout the Bible, all throughout humanity. And then we're going to give you some biblical principles of how to change your attitude, how to move closer to a championship attitude. And we're going to weave in some football. Can we do that today? Come on, it's going to be fun. So three attitudes. There you go, Drew. I love you. You went to SmackDown this last week. You were really excited, dude. Yeah. It wasn't for the kids. You gave yourself a Christmas gift, dude. Come on. <laughs> Just trying to get your heart, Drew. Just trying to get your heart. <laughs> We're having too much fun up here. Oh, man, but I'll give you three attitudes, and uh, it, it's going to be good. So number one is this. First attitude is the attitude of defeat. This is the Eeyore attitude. Oh, man, I guess I've got to go to the game. I'll never make, you know, right? Just, just barely, just, man, every, just a downer, right? Uh, I'm just too big of a mess up. Man, if they wouldn't accept me if they knew what I've been through. I see this all the time. I, I can't serve on the team because, man, I'm not, I'm not good enough. Uh, if you knew my past, man, the church building would burn down, right? They'll never forgive me. It kind of looks like this. I'd start, but if I started, it would never be good enough. It's just like perfectionism, this attitude of defeat. And it's just stopped so many Christians like on the starting blocks that don't do in the race because if I try it, I'm never going to be as good as that person. It's not going to look the exact way I think it should look. And, you know, sometimes I think the attitude of defeat, and I was thinking back this week, and I thought of another meme. And I, this was the greatest meme I've seen in a very long time. I don't want to bag on Tom Brady because I'm not 
but it just so worked out so perfectly. He's playing the Saints. He threw light interceptions during the game. You guys remember this game? And he threw the Microsoft Surface tablet, right, towards the end of the game. Check out the meme. This is it here. Brady threw a fit, and, it was, and even it was intercepted. Come on, somebody. <laughs> That's phenomenal, dude. You know, you're so frustrated, and you threw it, and they cropped my arm in. I was so, man. Diane said my favorite part of the picture, she said my favorite part is that dude's arm. I'm like, dude, that's just scary looking, you know? It's a scary arm, right? But anyway, put you take that down. I'm just, I'm going to bag him. He, he, he's great. But there's another person that had a bad attitude in the Bible, and this is Peter. I mean, Peter was one of those guys, he, he would just boast about everything. He was smack talking everywhere, kind of like Josh. He's just smack talking. Josh, he, he ran away. <laughs> he gone. <laughs> it's a sign of things to come, you know? Um, anyway. Anyway, but Peter, he, he's, bagging on, he's bagging on everybody. He, he's, he's got all planned out. He's never, he's never going to forsake Jesus. I mean, he is the guy who walked on water. He's in their circle of Jesus. And then this is what happens. He goes in the upper room, Matthew 26. says, Peter said to Jesus, he said to him, he said, even if all fall away on your account, man, if everybody forsakes you, man, I never will. I'm always going to be with you, Jesus. And this is what Jesus says. Truly I tell you, Jesus declared, this very night, hey, before the sun comes up, Peter, I just want you to know, for the rooster crows, you'll die me three times. And Peter replied, he doubles down. He smack talks. He says, even if I have to die with you, I never will deny you. Matter of fact, Peter's going to have the opportunity to die with Jesus. Because just a few hours later, Jesus is going to be arrested, and Peter pulls out a sword, and Jesus says, hey, calm down. And then Peter go, or Jesus gets crucified. He is scourged, he's beaten, he's carrying his cross. In the middle of carrying his cross, Peter is afraid and he's worried and he steps back and he begins to deny Jesus. And this is, this is what happens. Sorry, I'm skipping ahead. So this is what happens as he's denied Jesus. He's in, the, he's in this courtyard and this little girl goes up to him and she says, hey, aren't you the Galilean that's with Jesus? You're one of his followers, one of the disciples. He's like, I don't know about Jesus. I don't even know the guy. And then another little girl goes to him and says, no, I know you're from Galilee. You're one of those disciples of his. He said, no, 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 I, I, no, I don't know him at all. And then the crowd starts getting into it. There's a couple people that kind of pipe up and say, no, no, you for sure are one of the followers. And he starts hurling insults into the crowd. He says, you don't know, you don't understand. I don't even know this guy. And at that moment, Jesus could overhear him. Matter of fact, he was close enough to even make eye contact, not sure if he did, but Peter immediately knew that he denied Jesus, and this is what it says in Matthew 26, 74. It says, immediately the rooster crowed, and then Peter remembered the word that Jesus had spoken. This is just a few hours earlier. He said, before the rooster crows, you'll disown me three times, and he went outside and wept bitterly. Have you been in one of those seasons where you know you did something wrong and you were caught? Like, you ever been in one of those seasons where you had so much shame and you had so much guilt and you had so much fear inside your heart and your life because you know you just made a big, big, big mistake? Man, Peter was in that season. Peter knew for sure that he had been defeated. I mean, he had talked the smack. And he had said, I'm all in, and then immediately disowned Jesus to a little girl, another little girl into this crowd in the moment where Jesus needed him best. He said, no, no, I'm never going to do this, and he walks away. And you might be in that season today. You might be that season of defeat that season of shame, that season of worry, that season where it didn't work out the way you thought it should, and you wonder how in the world did it end up here, and all they're left to do is just to cry and to weep bitterly. Can I tell you today, you may walk in the room thinking that God has given up on you. You may have walked in here defeated. I, I love it. The last few weeks, we've had people come out to our church, and literally their spouse hits them on the shoulder, and they say, hey, look, it hasn't burned down yet. Because they're so worried about coming to church, have been so defeated and, and didn't know what to expect. And uh, I, I tell them, like, hey, guess what? They let, even let me in. Come on, somebody, right? It didn't burn down. It didn't burn down for me. It's not going to burn down for you. Now, think about Peter and his walk of shame and his guilt and his bitterness, this, this idea of being defeated. And can I tell you today that God has never given up on you, that God has 
pursuing you. Matter of fact, to think about this, Jesus dies, he resurrects from the dead, he's seen by some, but this is the gospel, this is, what, this is how Jesus pursues Peter, and this is what Paul says about it. This is the gospel in a nutshell, 1 Corinthians 15. It says, for what I've received, I passed on to you as the first importance. There's four things that are important, get this, that Christ died for our sins according to the scriptures. That's number one. Two, that he was buried. He was put into a tomb. Three, he was raised on the third day according to scriptures. And the fourth thing, he appeared to who? Help me out. Who did he appear to? He appeared to Cephas. You know who that is? That's Peter. He, he appeared to Peter and then to the other disciples. Man, don't, don't miss this. See, see, Jesus came back and he knew he had to restore Peter. He knew that Peter was defeated and he was weeping bitterly and that he had forsaken all. And so Jesus comes back from the dead. He's seen by some. And then he goes to Peter and he restores Peter. And I kind of tell you today that if you are the farthest person from God, that God is going to you first, that he left the 99 to pursue you. If you're the kind of person that thinks you're walking in a day or maybe watching online and you, and you think that the building's going to burn down, I'm going to tell you that Jesus is coming after you today. Amen? That Jesus is close to the brokenhearted that Jesus is close to those of you that have messed up and think it's unforgivable, that you've denied Jesus, I mean, that, that you've walked away even in front of him, even if you've made all these promises and turned your back, that God is pursuing you today. Matter of fact, there's this incredible story of restoration in the Bible, I don't have time to share, but if you get a chance to read John 21, Jesus meets with Peter over a campfire and some fish and restores Peter back to ministry. Matter of fact, I believe that Jesus would have restored Judas if Judas wasn't so defeated. That Jesus would have restored Judas if he wasn't so defeated to commit suicide. Jesus would have offered forgiveness to him as well, just like the thief on the cross. Amen? This is good news for us today. So the first attitude is the attitude of defeat. The second attitude is the attitude of complacency. This might be the most dangerous attitude we can ever have. This is the why try attitude. This is just play it safe. Man, just stay where it's comfortable. Uh, this is the person who knows what to do but is unwilling to do it. It's kind of like the apathetic life. It's the idea of others that have let me down, so I'm not going to try again. Remember, remember those glory days? I mean, our best days were behind us. That's the attitude of thinking that the best was behind us, not in front of us. And, man, somebody else will take care of all those problems. And this is what the Bible says in Revelation 3, and it's a famous passage. This is what Jesus says about complacency. He says, to the angel of the church of Laodicea, write this. He said, the words of the amen, he's talking himself. The words of the faithful, the true witness, the originator of God's creation. He says, I know your deeds, and neither cold nor hot. They're complacent. They're in the middle. He says, I wish you were one or the other because you're lukewarm. You're neither hot nor cold. I'm going to vomit you out of my mouth. What he's saying is complacency makes God sick. Now, I think, I think about what it is for so many people, so many Christians. It's, the average church is just stagnant, you know, and we're not that church. I'm not saying you're this church, but I will say this. The most discipled group of people in the church today, don't miss this, the most discipled group of people in the church today is church seats. Church seats. You think about that. It's the empty seats that sit next to so many people. They hear these great messages, not to say mine's great, but they hear messages every week. They have this amazing worship, but they never get out and they don't lead somebody to Christ. They don't go out and witness. They don't go out and make a difference. But the reality is there's so many seats that hear the gospel that need somebody to come in to those seats. Actually, matter of fact, it's so easy to think that somebody else is coming to go reach your family for Jesus. And then somebody else is going to reach your neighbors, and somebody else is going to be a spiritual leader in your home. It's easy to think that somebody else is going to come, and the reality is somebody did. His name was Jesus, amen? And he came, and so we go. He came into our life, and so we go, and we, we raise the temperature for Jesus. We raise the temperature spiritually for those around us. It's easy to play it safe. It's easy to take the road that everybody travels. It's easy to think that the best days were to our left and behind us in the past. 
Man, and the reality is that our grace days are ahead of us. And I think of someone on our team that just done an incredible job, a rising star. And uh, her name is, is Judy Reimer. I don't know if Judy is in the room. Is Judy in the room? Where's Judy? Come on, she's not going to put me out like that. Where's Judy? Oh, there, she's, oh, there we go. We got a hand. She all next, just like Judy in the back. Give it up for Judy. Come on, we do better than that. So what you need to know about Judy is, Judy, we asked, I asked this question this morning. I said, I know you, uh, you have a heart for God, following God, but you were burned out in church and you were out of church for a long time. I said, when, when was it you had like walked away from church? And she said it was 1996, walked away from church. That's 25 years, walked away from church. And her family, Ryan is her son and her grandkids. Uh, she started going to watch parties in the summer. God had a reason for watch parties. We couldn't be here and we were doing watch parties. And she started coming and started getting connected. And then we, she watched online for a while. And then she started coming in person because her grandkids started inviting her out. And um, she has a heart for people like you just don't see and a passion for people. And so she is coming as a coach on our hospitality team, and uh, I'm training her and walking with her, and she's teaching me stuff, you know what I'm saying? Like she's finishing my sentences, and she has such a heart for God. And uh, I don't know if I can say this or not, but I'm going to say it, but Judy is 77. She has a heart for God and a passion for God. And I look at her, and I think, man, ain't nobody got an excuse, right? Like just what a passion. She's like, I just want to give back what I know to help somebody else go further and farther and faster than I did. I don't pull my, pour myself into somebody else and make a difference. So give it for Judy one more time. Come on. I love that. Can I tell you that God puts you in this moment of time? He puts you in your circumstances to change them from what they are to what they can be, to bring God into the equation, to walk by faith, to bring a little piece of heaven to earth, to depopulate hell, to fill the seats around you in your life with the things of God. That's, that's what we're called to do as Christians. So there's three attitudes. One's defeat, one's complacency. And this last attitude, I believe, is what we have in this room. It's the attitude of a champion. Come on, somebody. We're a room full of champions. And now that Josh left, there's one. No, just kidding. We'll stop. <laughs> he'll have his time. I'm sure, I'm sure he'll be smack-talking me all day if he wins. So probably all year. All right. But it's the attitude of a champion, the we-can attitude, the faith-filled attitude, the attitude full of confidence that believes the best in others, the insta-hot, the zeal, the passion for God, pushing hard into things that Jesus has for them. Ecclesiastes 9.10 says this, whatever is in your hand, whatever your hand finds to do, do it with all your might. I love this. Whatever you're doing, whatever job, whatever family, whatever, whatever relationship, whatever possession, whatever is in your life, whatever's in your hand right now, just do it all to your might. Just do all the work. Matter of fact, just be faithful what you have in your hand right now, and God's going to promote you eventually to something else if you're faithful with this. This is the parable of talents. And so what's in your hand right now? What's the thing that kind of mm, makes my attitude sour? But instead we should say, no, no, God's put this in my hand. I'm going to be faithful. I'm going to work hard at this. And Paul says it this way in Colossians 3.23. He says, whatever you do, work at it with all your heart. Don't be half-hearted as working for the Lord, not for human masters. This is so important in your Christian walk. It's so easy to be distracted. Like, we don't need recognition, amen? Like, we don't need the likes. We, we don't need uh, popularity. Uh, it's, not, it's not important if people like it or don't like it. It's important that you're looking at Jesus, amen? It's important that you're doing it for the Lord. It's important that you run the race that God has for you, but it's so easy to look around and be like, man, I only had 10 people this Sunday, and this other church had 3,000 people come to Christ. It was like Pentecost, you know? And it's just not the lane that God has for me in this season. I'm in this lane, and so God's put this in my hand. I'm going to be full in my heart, working hard for God. You know, it doesn't matter what anybody else thinks about it. It doesn't matter about recognition or likes. It matters what God asks. And the reality is this. There's, there's three attitudes. If we're real honest. We all have a part of our life in each of these attitudes. There's a, depending on the season and the day, right, there is a different attitude of defeat, complacency, and of a champion. And today I want to help you move your life into this attitude of a champion. I have a three 
biblical principles to help you do this. And I've got, I've woven in some football, and I think you're going to like it. Some of you three principles. Number one is this. We'll run through this pretty quick. Number one, this is the principle. And this is from John Madden. I worked it in. Come on, somebody. All right? Play like hell is real. Come on. Play like hell is real. John Madden, he had this, uh, they were doing all the, the memoirs and the videos, and he, he had a video of him uh, telling his team, he's had three rules, and this is uh, the Raiders, and he said he's the most winning coach in percentage for NFL history. And he said, here's my three rules, be on time, be prepared, and play like hell. I thought, man, that's my new staff rules. Come on, somebody. <laughs> so I went to my staff meeting and said, guys, we got to play like hell's real. Like, we can't be complacent. Like, we can't be sitting, I'm not saying they are, but the reality is, like, we're not here just to go Sunday to Sunday, amen? We're not here to put on a show. We're here to, to win souls. And we're not here just to fill this room. We're here to, to change a community. We're here to transform people's lives. We're here to see marriages healed and people come off drugs and, and people step into things of God and have confidence and go out on mission and live for him and bring the gospel to the, to the corners of the earth and make a difference. Like, we got to be in this all in. This is like a game time, baby. This isn't sitting back. We're not at peace. This is what God has for us. And, you know, it just gets us fired up. And I just love that idea of what he said. And this is what it says in Hebrews 12, 1. It says, therefore, since we were surrounded by such a great cloud of witness. Man, this is, this is uh, the writer of Hebrews going back to Hebrews 11, this hall of fame of faith. He defines faith and what it is. He lists all these men and women of faith. And he goes through and says, this is the great. Just like a hall of famer in football, we're surrounded by these people who just walked on faith. And since we have these people as an example, he says, let us throw off every encumbrance. We'll come back to that. And sin that entangles. And let us run with endurance the race set before us. Now, I love this idea of throwing off every encumbrance. It may make no sense, you know. If you're in, uh, if you're in politics, it doesn't say throw off the incumbent. Come on, somebody. That would be good. Uh, but it says throw off every encumbrance, every weight that holds you back. Throw off everything that slows you down. Throw off the things that are bad. Throw off the things that are average. Throw off the things that are good. Throw off the things that are great. Just keep the things of God, amen? Just throw off everything. Like, throw, throw off your doubts. Like, throw off your insecurity. Come on, somebody's got to throw off some perfectionism today. Come on. Like, so many people are, are stopped at the starting line because they're too worried about what it may look like, and it's going to be good enough. It's like, no, no, no. Just throw off everything that's pushing you away from God. Just throw off everything. Put it on the ground. Throw off a defeated attitude. Throw off what's weighing you down today. And it says, run the race that's set for you. I love this idea of run the race that's set for you. Because God has a race just for you. Matter of fact, he designed a race for you, and it's not anybody else's race. And we're tempted to always look at somebody else's lane and go, man, I wish it was in that lane. I wish I had those many followers and that much money and, and lived in that house and that thing, right? We always have this vision that we compare ourselves to somebody else, but the reality is this. If you want to take the joy in your life, you want to have an attitude of joy and you want to kill it, just compare it. If you want to take this attitude of a full heart and the things that God's blessed you with and you want to kill it, just compare it to something else. Like I mentioned earlier, there's literally churches in the United States that have more, more visitors than we'll, we'll have in 10 years on one Sunday, and they'll come to Christ, you know? And if I compare our ministry to their ministry, it's like, man, this is terrible, you know? But instead, that's not, that's not the race that God has for me, Amen. This is what God has for me. This is what's in my hand. This is what God's put here for me today. So don't compare yourself to somebody else. Matter of fact, it's really tempting to compare yourself to somebody else. It's really tempting to look at things on the outside. Matter of fact, there's this prophet in the Old Testament. His name's Samuel. And God sent Samuel to go anoint the next king. And he said, Samuel, get on up. Go, go to Bethlehem. Go meet with this family. Go find Jesse. And you bring his sons in. And I'm going to tell you about the next king. And so Samuel, he meets with, uh, with Jesse. Jesse brings in his seven sons. He had eight, but he brought in seven, all right? There's more to the story. And so he brought these, these, these sons in, anoint one of them, and Samuel said, I know the one, it's Eliab. 
It's this guy here. He's handsome. Come on, he looks like a king. He's strong. He's got long flow hair. It's Braveheart. Come on, somebody, right? Like he knows exactly who the next king is. This is Mel Gibson, right? I see him right here. And this is what God says to him in 1 Samuel 16, 7. He says, but the Lord said to Samuel, do not consider his appearance or his height, for I've rejected him. Don't look on the outside. See, the Lord does not look at the things people look at. People look at the outward appearance, but the Lord looks at the what? Come on, looks at the, looks at the heart. It's just so interesting because we're always so busy comparing ourselves to everybody else. And if I had that or this or this, you have no idea what's going on the inside. They may look the part, but they're not the part. Who knows looks are deceiving? Come on, somebody. They're, they're vastly, so you have no idea what's going on in somebody's heart. But thank God, God looks at the heart. Because when, when, when Jesse picked up his seven sons, there's actually an eighth son, and it was David. He's out in the field, and he, he didn't look the part. He wasn't a big, he wasn't tall, maybe he was handsome. He played the harp, I'm not sure. But he couldn't fit in the armor. He had to, he had to take down Goliath with a sling and a stone. Like, he, he didn't look like a king, but he had the heart of a king, Amen. And some of you today, you don't feel like you have enough. You don't look the part. But the reality is God's looking at your heart today. But we can be so discouraged. We can be so discouraged because we're looking at somebody else's race, comparing it. And it's stopping us from playing the game that, has, that God has for us. It stops us from pushing the things of God because we're so worried about being perfect. Instead of just having the heart for God today. You know, you know somebody else's success, you don't look at it and say, oh, man, that, oh, I wish I had that. No, no, that's what God has for them. You have your own lane. Matter of fact, uh, you think about me, no one's calling me up as a pastor saying, can you come preach my church? I'm not on the A-list of preachers. Come on, somebody, right? I mean, if you go around the town, you're like, hey, you know, Sean, you might know in here in, in Raymore Belt and whatever, but you get around the city, hey, I'm at Real Life Church with Sean Petrie. Who? What church? I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm not that thing, right? And I'm not trying to be that thing, amen? I'm just run, running my lane. It's not about that. It's about Jesus. Think about this. You don't have to be a starter on the team to get a, to get a Super Bowl ring. Come on, somebody. You don't have to be a starter. You don't have your name in lights. You don't have to be the, the superstar. We all want to be the superstar. You just got to be the guy that shows up. It's faithful what God has for you. That's what God's called you to do. So number one, play like hell is real. It's just so important to push hard on things to God. Number two is this, is choose joy. Choose joy. You make a choice every day to add to the joy. Hebrews 12, 2 says this, let's fix our eyes on Jesus. Just look, lock eyes on Jesus. You better know the play. Look at the coach. Fix your eyes on Jesus, the author and the perfecter of your faith who for the joy set before him, the joy in front of him. He found joy in getting crucified. He said the joy he endured the cross, scorning its shame and sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. Can I encourage you today to choose joy? Like instead of letting your circumstances shape your attitude, we should let our attitude shape our circumstances, amen? We should look at our circumstances and say, you know, what's God teaching me? Even though it's really difficult seasons, the seasons of failure, the seasons of defeat, the seasons of loss, the season that makes no sense, we lose a job, or whatever happens in your life, man, God, what are you teaching me? There's a different attitudes. Instead of blaming, we're accepting and say, God, I know you're working in my life for something better. Matter of fact, you, you can't control your circumstances, but you can't control how you respond. And so I want to encourage you today, be, be a thermostat, not a thermometer. Walk in the room and set the temperature, amen? You step on the field, you step in your kid's bedroom, you step in your home, it's like, boom, the temperature's rising spiritually. Like the attitude of positivity is coming into my house today because I'm stepping here. I'm not going to conform to what everybody else is doing in the room. You think about Mahomes or, or Allen or Burrow or, or, or Brady or all these, these, these greats that step on the field. I mean, the whole team is looking at them. They still got 80,000 people in the crowd screaming insults. Come on, somebody, right? They, they, they have all these voices, but they set the attitude. 
And if you come in there and say, oh, we're defeated, we'll never make it, that wears off on everybody. And you guys set the spiritual temperature of the room everywhere you go. You're not, you're not a thermometer. You don't just read the room and fit in the back and don't wanna be noticed. No, no, you stand out. You said, we're turning up the dial today, amen? When you show up to a meeting, you're like, hey, I know you've been there, but this is where God's called us to go. Like you just start praying for your family, start loving on people, be the person God's called you to be and don't conform to what the world says. Change it, be a thermostat. Be the kind of person that walks in the room, have a smile on your face, give a compliment, be encouragement, believe in others. Matter of fact, be the kind of person that calls the play. Now I love to happen last week, you see the video with uh, Travis Kelsey kind of calling down the last 13 seconds. He said, if this happens, come on, number 10. Tyreek Hill, if this happens, you go out, come in, I'll lay a block. Hey, if they're gonna play that kind of defense, Mahomes, just lay on the seam, because the seam's gonna be open. I'm watching the play. This is the attitude of a champion. Come on, somebody. He sees it, calls it, and did it. And that's the reality, you get to make that call. Every day of your life, you get the attitude of a champion. Third thing is this. Don't lose heart. Come on, somebody. I think somebody knows where this is going. After last week's game with 13 seconds on the clock, I don't know, some of you guys were like, I'm packing in, you know? If you're a Bills fan, you're probably still nervous because Mahomes had the ball, right? But the reality is, it's so easy to lose heart. Fourth down and impossible, right? It's so easy to want to quit. And I just love that line. When it's grim, be the grim reaper. Come on. When it's grim, look at all these Bills fans, see that, Mahomes, see all these people out here? Just go and take their joy away. That's the best feeling in the world, isn't it? This is our kingdom, come on, somebody. This is our house. They came to our city. Like, dude, fight. You got 13 seconds, do something great. This is the day to be great, go do it. Don't quit, don't lose heart. I love that attitude. Some people could have been like, it's over, take a knee. No, no, we're gonna play to every last second. We're gonna spill it, we're gonna go. And Hebrews 12, three says this, consider him, consider Jesus, who endured such hostility from sinners so you'll not grow weary and lose heart. Man, just consider Jesus. I mean, think of what Jesus did for us, the hostility of sinners. That was my shame. It was my sin that put Jesus on the cross. And he walked that cross the hill of Calvary on his own strength for me. Con consider that because if you don't consider those hard yards, you're gonna lose heart, but consider all those comeback stories. Con consider the difficult seasons that Jesus walked through for you. When it's fourth down and it doesn't look like it's gonna work out and the time is ticking down, when you're seizing the pain, you're in the hard yards of life. Don't lose heart, amen? Because God has a plan. Consider what Jesus did for you. I remember one of the hardest seasons of my life. I was in the transition to ministry. I would resigned a position at church. I'd been there for 10 years. As a matter of fact, it's not one of those stories I even like sharing because there's just so much negative around it. It's hard to find anything positive. It was that season where I was losing my youth group. I'd worked on for 10 years. My identity was in what I was doing. I loved what I was doing. I was called to it. I didn't have an option B. There's no like backup plan to this. I had no idea what God was doing. And you're in that season like, well, I can be defeated, which trust me was a very big temptation just to quit. A lot of guys do quit. A lot of people quit on church and quit on people. And there, there, there's that season of like, am I gonna quit? On not just church, but on the things of God. And then there's this, the complacency, like, oh, maybe I'll just sit. And I see a lot of guys that serve God and not just sit. And it's just annoying to me now, but it's true. This complacency. And then there's this championship attitude. Now, I'm, I'm torn between all three. Like, literally, just day, minute, whatever. I'm torn between all this. And this verse kept going in my mind over and over and over and over again. And it's found in John 19, 17. It says this, Jesus carrying his own cross, carrying his own cross, he went out to the place of the skull, which in Hebrew is called Golgotha, and there they crucified him. With him, two others, one on each side, and Jesus reserved for the worst spot in the middle. Now, I just can't get past this. 
that as Peter is denying Jesus, Jesus is literally carrying his own cross, standing alone with the world against him, with everybody that was gonna be with him all the way to the end has forsaken him, and he picks up his cross. There's a season in your life where you can't lose heart. Don't lose joy because Jesus can stand on his own. You can stand on your own, amen? And there's that season where you gotta fight. You gotta push through. You gotta remember what God has called you to do. This is the attitude of a champion. 13 seconds, come on, somebody. I mean, a champion says we can do it. And Jesus, he's carrying his cross, literally forsaken by everybody because he knew his race. He knew the lane in front of him. The Bible says the joy set before him. You know what that joy is? That joy is you. That joy is me. He knew exactly what the play was. He knew it looked like he was defeated, but he says he endured because of us. He endured the scourging and the beating and his beard ripped out and endured the thorns on his head being pushed in there. He endured being crucified on the cross and carried the weight of that cross. He endured the weight of our shame and our sin on that cross for us. Matter of fact, when he was on that cross in the darkest moment in human history, literally the sun be turned, turned to darkness for three hours. Jesus literally robbed the grim reaper, Satan himself, come on somebody, and stole the keys for us, come on. This is what it's all about. Come on, give a shout of praise to Jesus. We gotta take a praise break. I know you guys can get on crazy later at two to five o'clock today, okay? We get crazy for Jesus a little bit. Can we do it? Just get a little excited about what God is doing. I mean, look, I love that. As soon as Andy Reid said that line, I'm like, oh, this is what Jesus did for us. I love it. I mean, he didn't need no 13 seconds. He knew exactly what he was doing for us. So my question is simply this, man. What is robbing you from the joy of a champion that God's made you to be? What's robbing you from that joy that's in your heart that should be there? Like, what's stopping you? from just being the person that says, okay, God, I don't, I'm not in control. <laughs> I've been trying, <laughs> but today, God, I'm trusting you. Like, what, what's stopping you from having a better attitude of a champion? What's stopping you? What's keeping you defeated? What's keeping you in perfectionism? What's, what's keeping you? What, what's, what's, what's weighing in your heart that's stopping you from the things of God? I believe today some of you guys are gonna wake up to the things of God. Some of you guys are gonna play like hell is real today. Come on, somebody. Some of you guys got some neighbors that need Jesus. You're gonna start praying, you're gonna start investing, you're gonna start inviting them out. Even if they don't love the Chiefs, come on, somebody. You're gonna start winning them to Jesus. I mean, some of you guys walked in defeated, you're gonna live victorious because you know God has a plan for your life. You walked in, you thought that the village didn't catch on fire, and today you're gonna walk out and you're gonna set the world on fire, amen? You're gonna start just being who God called you to be, unashamed for the things of Christ. And some of you guys walk in this super hard season. I'm this season of you could losing heart, giving up, complete defeat, and it's those hard yards in this season, but today, you can stay focused on things of God because what Jesus did for us, amen? That Jesus carried his cross for you. In this season, you may be misunderstood, you, you may feel abandoned, you may, you, you may feel like people don't understand, you may feel like nobody has as bad as you, you may feel uncertain, you may know what to do, but guess what? Jesus has you exactly where he wants you today. And Jesus knows exactly how you feel. And Jesus has a plan for you. Jesus has a purpose for you. And today we cannot lose heart. This is the attitude of a champion. So I just gonna know, is there any champions in the house today? Come on, somebody. Any champions for Jesus? Come on. Father, we come before you. God, I pray for every single person in this room, God, that somebody that may have walked in here defeated, but today they leave full of you. God, that we know this room is full of champions. God, you created us to be victorious. You did what we can never do for ourselves on that cross. And so today we stand on you. God, we don't have our own faith and our own ability. God, we are building our faith in you today. So God, give us an attitude of a champion. God, we don't have to understand everything. We don't have to like everything. 
But God, we know you have a plan and a purpose. And so God, just change us, God. Let us be full of you, God. Not, not full of worry or what people think or full of perfectionists. God, help us to run our race. Who cares what somebody else is running? God, you've called us to this. And so God, help us to push hard, God, in the things that make a difference, the eternal things in our life, God. The eternal things that change souls, God, for eternity. And so God, I pray that we wouldn't be found defeated or complacent, God, but we'd be found as champions today. I pray for one more group of people, and that's those of you that came to this place and you thought the roof was gonna catch on fire. Those of you maybe have walked away from God for a long time, maybe not church for a long time, or today you start recognizing who Jesus is, that Jesus has fought for you, that Jesus stood in your gap, that Jesus is making a play for you 2,000 years ago. He went to the cross to change all his righteousness for all your wrongs. You don't have to clean your mess up. Jesus defeated your shame and your guilt and your fear, and he robbed the grim reaper himself for you. He stole the keys to your freedom today. You can have that relationship with Jesus. Today you may have been trying to have the attitude of God without the things of God, but today you recognize who Jesus is. Jesus is the sinless son of God. He came for you 2,000 years ago and made a way. And on that cross, he took all of your sin, all of your wrongs, and he exchanged it for all of his goodness. Maybe today you need the, the relationship with Jesus. Today you need to have the attitude of a champion. You need to have a relationship with the champion himself, Jesus Christ. He wants to know you today. Matter of fact, you might be that one person that's the farthest from God in this room, and Jesus is coming after you because Jesus wants you. The Bible says this, whoever confesses the mouth of the Lord Jesus and believe the heart that God raised the dead, they will be saved. And so today, maybe you need to start a relationship with Jesus. You need to say yes to forgiveness and yes to new life. So not anybody looking around, this is your moment. This is your time. This is the place to make the decision to say, man, I'm all in for God. It's making sense. I'm believing in Jesus today. If that's you, you say, I need a relationship with Jesus. I'd be looking around. Would you raise your hand high in this place? I mean, I need Jesus today. Come on, put those hands up if that's you across this room. I need Jesus. Come on, see your hand. Anybody else say, I need Jesus today. That's me. God's speaking to me. He's coming after me. If that's you, I want you to pray this prayer. The prayer doesn't save you. Let's pray this prayer to God. Say, Father, thanks so much. Man, today is my day. All this was set up for me. God, you're speaking to me. God, thank you for sending Jesus to be my champion, to die on a cross for me. God, I've, I've done my own way, but today I'm doing it God's way. God, I surrender to you. I believe in you, down a cross for me. I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Come on, give up those who came to Christ today. Come on. Come on. I'll say this is why we do it, guys. For those of you who raised your hand today and said, man, yes to Jesus, this is why we do church, amen. And you guys literally just changed eternity. Regardless of what happens to this AFC championship game, you guys changed eternity for people today. So thank you for inviting. Thank you for God working. And thank you for guys praying, man. I'm excited for you guys to start a relationship with Jesus. Come on, give it up for those one more time. I love them. Man, that's so exciting. You know, I think about the end of, end of the season, end of the Super Bowl. You guys uh, put that picture in your mind quarterback's walking up. He's getting interviewed. Huge smile on his face, right? He's accomplished everything that he's got to accomplish. Can I tell you that when you meet somebody that made that decision for Jesus to smile on their face, man, it's so much bigger and so much more exciting than the end of a Super Bowl season. And here's the thing. When those guys win the Super Bowl, it's the end of something. It's what they've culminated their whole season for. When you see the smile on somebody's face that, that, that decided for Jesus and is following God, it's not the end of something. Man, it's the beginning of the rest of their life. It's the rest of their eternity. It is so cool. So if that's you today, I want you to know that we're all in for you. We are your team. So the first cup, I got a couple great next steps for you. So if that's you today, whether you're online or with us in person, the first one is this. Let us know about that decision by texting RLNEXT to 97000. We'll have a team member reach out to you. Their whole job is just to love you, 
help you in any way we can, resource you. We want to be here for you. Another great next step is if you're with us in person, on your way out of the worship center at the back of the table, there is a red bag. Inside there's a Bible. There's a link to some other great resources. Grab one of those. We want you to have it. It's just a great next step for you. So I love what Pastor Sean talked about, just the attitude of a champion. The attitude of a champion. When you have the attitude of the champion, you become that playmaker that he was talking about. So for everybody else, I've got a couple great next steps. For you to be the, the playmaker in 2022, the one that God's called you to be. And it starts off with this. I've got an awesome, extraordinary opportunity for you guys. Real Life is taking a missions trip to, uh, to, to Columbia, South America this summer in July for about a week. And I wanna to talk to somebody here that has never been on an, uh, an international missions trip. Maybe that's the majority of you. But listen to me cry. Raise your hand if you've never been internationally on a missions trip. Can you raise your hands up for me? That, that's a significant part, portion of the crowd. I've been, I've been on one. And can I tell you that what will happen in your life will completely change you. You wanna be a, a playmaker in 2022? Take this opportunity. Pray for God just to, just to, to move in your heart to encourage you because if you take this step and you run this play, you'll never be the same. When you get unplugged from your daily grind, and that's not a bad thing, you get outside of that and you get to focus on what God has, not only in this community, but across the world, it will revolutionary, or it will bring a revolution to your life in how you view what God is doing. So this is a great opportunity. It's $1,600, which I know it sounds like a lot, but for a trip like this, it is dirt cheap. You'll never find an opportunity like this again. And it's like a, a high school kid going to a youth camp. This is, for adults, this is our opportunity to get away and plug into what God is doing and let him change our lives. Simply pray about it. Give God an opportunity to move in your heart. There's some information out. Check our events page. If you want more information that you can find there, get a hold of Diane Petrie. She would love just to talk to you about it. Now, there is limited spacing. I think we have 15 spots, and I think we took another one down, and there's seven spots left. So don't wait. We want you guys to go start praying about it today. Number two is this, and this is something you guys do so well, but I want to encourage you to keep being faithful with your generosity. Because like Pastor Sean was talking about, your generosity is changing people's lives, whether it's through counseling or feeding people. Just everything that you do and give, whether it's your time, talent, resources, goes into changing people's lives. And you guys are the playmaker in your circle. You are the ones that are allowing God just to change people's lives around you. So I want to encourage you to do that. Uh, continue to do that. So if you're new with this, this isn't, uh, this isn't a plea for money from you or for you. So we want something for you, not from you. This gathering is our gift. We're just so super excited that you're here. We would love to connect with you and hang out with you at the New Here booth. So again, this is not for you. But if you call Real Life Home, if God is putting a burden on your heart just to reach out and use what you have just to bless somebody else, else's life, there are three ways that you can be generous here at Real Life. The first one is by going online at reallifechurchkc.com. Number two, you can text any amount to 84321. Or if you want to use a cash or check, there's a giving box at the back of the worship center. Hey, take a quick second and see how God is using your generosity right now. If it weren't for life groups, I'd be sitting here on the couch <laughs> wondering what, what I'm going to do next. My name's Dan Bray. Uh, I got connected to Life Groups in Crash Course uh, when I was speaking to Sean. Uh, he said it'd probably be a great way to get to know some people and connect with God. 
I've just made some major life changes and I was trying to find uh, a, new, a new route to go to meet new people and get away from the life I was living to start a new life in my pursuit with God. I thought I was always a Christian my whole life. You know, I said the prayer when I was younger, went to church here and there, but I was never willing to fully you know, surrender my life to God and be obedient to Him and live my life for Him and not myself. I remember getting on the, on the internet there on your website and looking at these groups and I just made my life changes. And I, I looked at them and I was like, man, this all seems so lame, you know? And I was like, this isn't what I'm used to. And I set my phone down and I, just, I prayed right there. And I, I swear I woke up the next day with just all of a sudden I was into it. And it was probably the most amazing experience of my life. Sean gave me a book in the life group called The Pursuit of God. And as I opened that book, it was like, just hitting me in the face with all these feelings I was feeling. And I, I, I couldn't put my finger on it, couldn't put my finger on it. And this book was like literally reading my life out to me. It was, it was really amazing. If it weren't for life groups, I'd be sitting here on the couch <laughs> wondering what, what I'm gonna do next, you know? Uh, life groups full of camaraderie. You know, the Bible says that uh, we are to confess our faults to another and pray for another so that we might be healed. And it, it really works. I mean, you can lean on them, they can lean on you, and you can pray for each other. It's been a life-changing experience. I mean, I got to know Sean. I got to know all the other guys in the life groups. It was uh, something I really needed. Isn't that cool just to see how God moves and changes people's lives? Here's the one thing that I hear day in and day out, whether it's in church or out of church, for people that just are, are, are looking for something. They're like, they'll tell me, Barry, I feel like I'm alone. And there's nothing worse than being alone in this life. So there's a team out there for you. And Sunday mornings are great, but it's not really where you get connected. So I really wanna encourage you guys, find your team today. Life groups are live, you can go check them out. Like Dan was talking about, there's a lot of different groups out there. Go check out, there's one that you fit into. What you'll find in a life group is you will find people that become family. In a short, a short amount of time, they will pour into you, you will pour into them. You will never regret joining a life group, I guarantee it. They kick off on February the 13th and they go through the first week of May. So find your life group today. There's a table out there also, some information, come hang out with us. Hey, so next week, uh, we're going back to uh, two gatherings, so at 9.30 and 11. Hey, if you also, if you need prayer for any reason, we would love to pray with you right here. And as always, remember, whoever finds Jesus discovers real life and purpose. See you guys next week. <laughs>